So I'm here in Mexico, relaxing by the beach, as one should. I got a message from Choose FI, who are the sponsors, partners, the reason for the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. And I hopped on a call with Brad and Jonathan, and their business has completely changed. Their model has completely changed. And they've told me that they have to stop paying for the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. So we no longer have the money for the hosting, for the platform, for what we're doing. It's February the 3rd, 2022, and I don't know what I'm going to do with the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So before we go on, I guess the point to start is some context. How did we end up here? What are we trying to do? Why are we here? My mission, as you know, has been to give away the best entrepreneurial education I possibly can. And I've been on a mission to change the way entrepreneurship is taught because I think it's taught backwards. People are forced to do business plans. They're forced to look at loans. Some entrepreneurial education organizations are measured on how much money they lend. Like literally, that's the statistic that the funders care about is how much have you lent? How much have you put people into debt? And I've been fighting that shit for years. And the podcast started because Brad and Jonathan at Choose FI, who are, I love those two, they have an incredible podcast at Choose FI. Katie and I have listened to it for years. And as probably as some of you know, I've been on that podcast many times. I love them. They came to me and said, Alan, we've got a dream. We're dreaming of building a network. And they called it the Unstuck Network. And they asked me to launch podcasts with them. And they came to us with this offer and said, if we make any money, we'll split it. But, you know, we don't expect it to straight away. And we drew up a contract that was sort of, we'll split the finances. But they were going to like set up. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Host the Podcast. They were actually doing the heavy technical lifting that I didn't want to do. They were going to edit the podcast. They were going to do all of these different things. And I was responsible for content and ideas. And well, the piece that I'm actually passionate about, which is teaching entrepreneurship. And I went back to the Simon and the team at Rebel, who were hugely busy with running courses and said, look, we've got this cool opportunity. And they were excited, but nothing came back because they were running the business. Rebel Business School makes money by selling courses. Yes, we don't sell the courses to you. We give them all away free, but we do sell the courses. And we have three main sponsors. We have housing authorities. We have councils, local government. And then we have corporate sponsors and they pay for the courses that we give away f to you. That is how we make money. That's how Simon affords to pay his mortgage. That's how Henry affords to pay his. And 
Halima and Kiona and Fabi and all of the team at Rebel Business School are funded that way. So that is the engine that supplies the money for people to live. And I think sometimes we forget money does make the world go round. And you can get to financial independence. And Katie and I have, my wife Katie and I have got to financial independence. And we don't need to earn the same amount of money for us as we did because we have investments, because we got rid of our apartment, because we traveled to cheaper countries. So we don't need the same amount of money that we did. So that changed the game for us and actually meant I didn't have to be in the business day to day running the courses. I could travel around the world. I could be here in Mexico. I could decide to put my time into the podcast. Katie and I designed in lockdown Rebel Finance School and we just did it and gave it away for free online because it felt like the right thing to do. We didn't have to earn money. Rebel Business School does because the whole team aren't financially independent. The people aren't financially independent. They have to pay their mortgages just like you do. You have to earn money to be able to pay your mortgage. You have to earn money to buy food to be able to do what you want to do. We live in a capitalist world, a capitalist economy, that money is the medium of exchange that makes things go round. So the team were busy creating the money that made their jobs. And I came to them with this idea of a podcast, which sounded great, but they were like, well, I didn't get any energy back. And actually that stopped me for, I don't know, a month, two months. And I was like, do I do it without them? Do, what do I do? And eventually, actually, it was my business partner, Simon and I, we were exchanging iMessages as we do every now and again, leaving voice messages for each other. And he said, Alan, I think we just need to free you to go and run the podcast. Just do it. Do it without us. Go and make it happen. And he freed me because at the time I felt bound by Rebel Business School, connected to them and like I had to do it with them, but he freed me to do it. So off I ran excited and I was like, okay, let's get some ideas. Let's get going. I said yes to choose FI. We started planning season one and my friend at the time, one of my friends at the time and one of the trainers at Rebel Business School wanted to do some of it with me and help me. And he believed in what we were doing. He actually nearly killed this podcast before it even launched. And he did it out of good intentions of wanting it to be the best it could be. But he said it had to be live. It had to be live. We had to record Rebel Business School, the courses, the two-week courses and the interactions and the live coaching and the energy in the room because that was the magic of Rebel Business School and that's what he wanted to capture. And I fought against it because I thought, who's going to edit this? If we do a live course for two weeks, it's going to take two weeks to listen back to it to decide what bits are relevant for the content, what to edit, how to bring it in and out. You have to slice it. There's so much dead time between things like who is going to edit it. And I was worried that we couldn't do it, but he persuaded me to have a go. I remember vividly one of the lines. He was trying to get me past this, like who's going to edit it, who's going to organize it. And he said, let's just agree that you don't have to do it. And I remember it vividly because, well, it ended up me doing it all. So you kind of remember those things. And we organized to record the start of the podcast at the Rebel Business School in Charleston, South Carolina. And I took the microphones and 
Brad and Jonathan. There would not be an entrepreneur podcast without Brad and Jonathan. They sent me the tech. They sent me the Zoom recorder and the microphones and they set me up. And we met them with their team in Charleston and we started recording and it was such a buzz and so much energy. And some of those coaching episodes from season one were recorded live at the course. And then the course ended, the beginning of the pandemic happened and I ended up back in the UK and I didn't know what to do with this stuff because it turns out in podcasting, there's two types of editors. There's an editor who will edit the audio. They will bring the levels together. They will make sure you sound good. They will remove the ums and ahs. They will change the long pauses. They will make the whole thing sound good. But they're not going to make story or editorial decisions in terms of what the content is. Like they don't go through and cut out sentences. They don't make those decisions. That's the other type of editor. The other type of editor listens to the whole thing and constructs a story from it. And they are very skilled very expensive and it's not what we had and I remember putting it off I don't like to re-listen to the podcasts I do because well I was there the first time I've lived it naturally I've come to a stage in my life and my career where I want to be out living life not doing this stuff and the whole point of getting to financial independence was to be able to travel the world spend more time with Katie my wife live life but I have a desire to give back. I have a desire to help and I need a balance. I can't just sit around. And as those of you who've listened to the podcast for a long time know, I can't just sit around and do nothing. I need something to do, a purpose, a mission, a drive. And actually, I am a big believer in the fact that without mission and purpose, life is empty and hollow. And you need that to feel good. So the podcast, the other projects I do, give me that purpose, that mission. So I needed it. But at this point, I was trapped because I've got all this recording and audio from Charleston. And how do I bring it together? Who's going to edit it? How does it work? And guess what? The reason I remember my friend saying to me, well, let's just agree you don't have to do it is because I had to do it. And I locked myself away in the front room, put my headphones on, listened to the audio. I sat there transcribing at X second, cut X bit out, move this bit to this, do this at this minute, create this, cut this out and do this. And I had to go through everything to be able to pull it together into a coherent podcast. So I set myself a mission to record the episodes. I arranged the guests. I scheduled the meetings. I linked up the Zoom recorder to Skype, set everything up. And in about two weeks, I recorded 15-ish episodes. I had the recordings from Charleston and I put season one together. And it was probably a month of full-time work to get that together and ready to go out. And it was a big push. I was super excited. We launched with a bang on May the 4th. And I did a Star Wars pose photo. May the 4th be with you. And we put season one of The Rebel Entrepreneur out there, which started with an episode with Jonathan of Choose FI talking about the fear of starting up. And then episode two was five ways to build a business with no money with Simon, kind of our signature content. And it was 25 episodes. And I did all the hard work. I put everything together. And then the episode started to launch out. And we were getting 
between 3,000 to 7,000 downloads an episode, which was incredible for the first season of the podcast. I was super happy. It was such an experience. It nearly died because it was too complex, but when I simplified it, it worked. And then I did a feedback form at the end of season one, and I got 60-odd replies. felt amazing. It felt incredible. And then season one ended, and I had a break because I did a lot of work doing the podcast, and I'm trying to enjoy my time and do other things. And Katie and I got distracted over the summer running Rebel Finance School, and we ran this brand new course. We designed it. It was a huge push to get out in the world. Writing a course is a big, big push, but it's enjoyable. And that was the next project. And we were excited and we were buzzed and we got it out there. And we had 150 people on average per week at the Rebel Finance School. And it helped, made a massive difference. And we got excited about doing that. And then I came back to thinking about season two of the podcast. And season two started inspired with two things. One, the coaching series, which came out of your feedback for season one. You gave me that idea. You helped me come up with it. I found the people and we created that. And I was coaching people and building up these series. Felt like I was doing something new and incredible again. My friend Dominic, thank you, Dom, if you still listen to the podcast. He connected me with Zev Siegel, co-founder of Starbucks, which was a huge episode in season two. And these incredible people he got to come on the podcast and I had incredible guests and we had huge energy and season two launched. But I have to say at the start, I was sad because I'd taken a break in podcasting. Lots of you dropped away from the podcast and we went from somewhere between three and 7,000 downloads per episode to 1,100, 1,200. Like the audience dropped off massively because, well, they got out of the routine of listening and the pandemic hit. People stopped listening to podcasts. They weren't driving. It completely changed the game. And I was doing all this work. We were reaching less people, but I was having fun. And I just kept going. And actually, I stopped looking at the numbers. And I just decided to do the podcast because it was the right thing. Who cares if it's only you and I? It's only you listening right now. This podcast is for you. And I didn't care. I cared about helping. That's the purpose. That's the point. So I kept going. I put my energy into it. We did the coaching seasons and we coached with Christina. We did Jamie the Artist. We did Andrew. I started recording new ones. I've got entire seasons that I've already recorded that are not out yet. We've got an entire season with Adam from Craftbox Club. I've got the Keith one has just finished. We're going into Christina season two because I never stopped coaching her. She quit her full-time job. And although the podcast season for you ended there, I kept coaching her. And I've been keeping those episodes to release as a season. So I kept recording and kept doing those things. And then we ended season two in December 2021. The hardest episode I've ever created was the season finale of season two had your questions that you sent me via WhatsApp. I left replies. I got comments from every member of the team and we put together this magical episode. It was a mission and the editors, they know how hard it was to pull together. There is a reason why every podcast out there is an interview podcast. And the reason is because it's easy and sustainable to do. You get a guest on, you chat to the guest for an hour, 
you're done, you send it to the editor, he pulls out the ums and ahs and you have an episode. Putting together an edited episode is a huge project. And I don't think anyone really realise what the work is. And right at the start, when my friend was trying to get me to record the live stuff and do it, like he did realise, but I don't think he did really realise what effort it would be and what percentage of that would fall on me. He was happy to commit me to lots of work, but he didn't necessarily want to do it. So the end of season two, I asked for feedback. I sent out the feedback form. I was super excited to hear what you all had to say. And finished season two. I was waiting for the feedback to come in. We launched season three with a bang. It's the takeover season. We had the new coaching series from Keith. We had big energy. We're going forwards. We're creating it. I've got a whole new set of YouTube videos that I've just spent $2,000 editing, ready to put out on the channel to give you more content and more direct messages. I was spending money, growing a podcast, doing all sorts of things and feeling positive. And then I got the call from Choose FI. The pandemic changed things for them and they don't have the financial resources to continue to fund the rebel entrepreneur. There would not be a rebel entrepreneur without Brad and Jonathan from Choose FI. And I love them and they are phenomenal. And for two years, they have paid for this podcast. I don't think you or probably I really realized how much that was of a commitment. So I was doing the sums, obviously, because they've, they're going to stop funding it. So I tried to work out what does this podcast actually cost to produce. And you've got Zencast at the recording software. You've got Libsyn, the streaming platform, the host. You've got the editor. You've got the production manager. You've got the graphics artist that do it. You've got all of these people that put towards it. And I didn't get a paid a penny for doing the podcast. I've done it because it felt like the right thing to do. So like I am at zero in this equation, but my quick maths makes me think it costs about $30,000 a year to produce this podcast. And they've been funding that. Thank you. It's incredible. And it's come to an end. And now I'm thinking, where do we go next? And I was a bit shocked after the call and you're probably all aware, like a big change. You get a bit shocked. You wonder what to do. You wonder where to go. And I thought, I know what? I'll look at the feedback from the listeners. And I logged into the Google Forms to find the feedback from season two. And 20 of you have filled out the feedback form. So compared to season one, there was 60 of you who filled out the feedback form. And for season two, there was 20. And my heart sank. And I felt sad to the 20 of you that filled in the feedback form. Thank you. You sent me beautiful messages. It was interesting reading. I read every single one of them. I haven't responded to you yet. There was some incredible message about how it helped, what it had done. There was all sorts of different feedback. But I came out of reading that feedback thinking, why am I doing this? Why? Why am I putting the podcast out there? And I had a huge mission and a huge reason for doing it, which is to change the way entrepreneurship is taught, to change things. Maybe I've done enough. What do I do now? And I only got the call from the guys a couple of days ago. And then today has been a tough day. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do now. I haven't got there yet. But it's interesting. There is a wealth of free content out into the world unbelievable free content. Choose FI, the podcast, completely free. 
there's content everywhere and content has become free. But someone's paying for it who sponsors the shows, the affiliates, something like that. Someone has to pay because you can't do it all for free. You can become financially independent, but if I need $30,000 a year, I need $750,000 invested into a simple Vanguard index tracker fund to get $30,000 a year ad finitum to pay for the podcast to give it away. That would be a financially independent podcast. I'm not like five times financially independent that I can just give away 30 grand a year. I'm not there yet. And there's this thing that people have got used to content being for free, but it costs money and time and hosting and websites and energy and effort to be able to produce content. So here we are. I have on the Rebel Entrepreneur with Patrick, Andrew, the other team members, we've produced I know, probably nearly 200 episodes of the podcast so far that you will have heard. And we've had 400,000 downloads and we've impacted people's lives and we've, we've done well with this. But we don't have an income stream to keep going. So now I'm wondering, what do I do? Where do I go? So I've recorded, I think I've got 16 episodes of a coaching series with Adam. I started one with a lady called Kim producing a podcast and helping her to get her first episode out into the world. I've started an incredible series that I'm actually really excited about sharing with you. In the Takeover series, we had a guy come on who interviewed me called Jay Thorne, and uh, he's a book coach. And we did a great episode together. And at the end of the episode, he said, I love your coaching series. I'd love to do a coaching series with you for your podcast. And you can get one of your audience members. I will coach them to write a book and then we'll put it out in the world. Everyone will be able to experience that process. I thought, this is incredible. What a great offer. How about you coach me? I want to write a book. (laughs) And selfishly, I'm like, I want this opportunity. So why don't you coach me? So. We're seven episodes in recording that series of Jay taking me through a process of creating a book. And it's been phenomenal. I've loved it and I want to finish it and I want to put it out into the world. And I think that one, I'm definitely Jay. I'm committed to getting that one out in the world. So I've got this huge amount of content and the rest of season three takeover episodes. We've probably got another 15, 16 episodes, about three months content already recorded. And now I'm wondering, where do we go from here? Because there is a cost to creating the podcast, which do I put that cost straight on to the Rebel Business School? I could. We could find a sponsor. That's a huge amount. And I don't think people really realize this. It's a huge amount of work to find a sponsor. It is possible, but you have to do it. Like the coaching series with Andrew, he was on making phone calls, connecting with people, doing LinkedIn, Twitter. That's what you have to do to find a sponsor. You have to connect with businesses. You have to drive out into the world. And it's a huge project. So I could find a sponsor for the podcast that would pay. We could go minimal and I could pay myself for one or two episodes a month to be edited and put out into the world and do a smaller version of the podcast. I could finish the content we've got and then do a grand finale to the Rebel Entrepreneur and call it a series. I don't really know what to do next. And I'm probably recording this too early, but I wanted to talk to you about it. What do you think I should do? 
Should I find a sponsor? Should I stop? Should I keep going? Should I double down? Should I put a Patreon up? I have negative feelings about the donation model. I've always found sponsors to be able to give away the content for free. And that's what we continue to do at Rebel Business School. So there we go. That's where we are. I'm probably not at my most resourceful with the podcast right now. But I wanted to share this with you because life is a roller coaster. You get ups, you get downs, you get opportunities, you get all sorts of things happening. And actually, quite interestingly, two days before the call, I had a meeting with one of the big challenger banks in the UK that said it was interested in sponsoring the Entrepreneurship Podcast. That would fix everything. That would fix the funding we need to keep the podcast going. And I'm writing the proposal. I'm going to get it out there and we're going to see what happens. But banks don't move fast and we've got six weeks until we need to make a decision. And da, 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 da. And I'm on it and I'm making things happen and I'm driving and I'm wondering what to do. So here's my question. Do you want me to keep doing the podcast? Do you want me to keep sharing the message? interviewing the guests, running the coaching series, doing what I do. And I'm nervous asking you that, because if I ask you that, and there's crickets, and we put this episode out, and nothing comes back, <laughs> well, I've got my answer, and then I'm free to go on to other projects and do other things. But it's interesting, isn't it? So here you are, hearing me at my most vulnerable. I'm talking to you because I want to know. Do you want me to keep running Rebel Entrepreneur? Do you want me to keep putting content out there? Please tell me what you want me to do. So one of the questions my business partner always likes to ask me is, Alan, what was this sent to teach you? And in the moment when things are going wrong, I generally grump and go, nothing. <laughs> and I'm in, not in a good state to answer that question. But after a couple of days of thinking about this, I've started to come to an idea of what it was sent to teach me. And some of these lessons I've learned before, but I've been reminded of this time. And some of them, well, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So what was this sent to teach me? And what can you, listening to the show, get from this episode? And I think the first and most important is do not rely on one source of money one customer, one source of funding, always be building. And this has happened to us before. When we were the pop-up business school, our main client was housing associations, housing authorities. And overnight, the government changed the regulations and their funding got slashed and we lost a huge amount of business. And we had to pivot very quickly because we relied on one type of customers. This podcast has been funded by one person. They were our customer and they have moved in a different direction. And because of that, because we weren't always building, because we weren't diversifying, because we weren't finding a different source of money, customer, business, it came as a shock. So if you are sat there listening to this podcast going, I've got one customer, I've got one type of customer, I urge you to start thinking about how can you bring in different sources of revenue? Number two, things change. It's neither good, it's neither bad. It's just that things change. 
and they will always be changing. We as human beings don't like change, we don't like things to change, we fight against it, and we look to keep things the same. But if there's one thing that's guaranteed, stuff is going to change, and you need to change with it. And you can either be reacting to the change like I am now, or you can be working on the change before it happens so that you're ready for it. And I know which side of change I would rather have been on. The third thing I wanted to talk to you about, and this is one that I have to keep reminding myself of, is being successful is not a lack of problems. It's how you respond to them. Even the most successful people I know have problems. They have different types of problems. They have different sizes of problems, but they have problems. They have crises. They have things that go wrong. They have plenty of problems. And success is not the eradication of problems. Success is your ability to respond to them. So when something goes wrong, when something changes, when there's a problem, the question is, how am I going to respond to this? And that's the question I'm starting to ponder for the future of Rebel Entrepreneur. And the fourth I really wanted to give you, I spoke earlier in the show about resourcefulness. And it's a fancy word. And it means, do you have the resources to respond to something? And most of the times people think, well, the resources are money, the resources are connections, the resources are whatever it is, physical resources. But those are not the most important resources. They are important, but they're not the most important resources. And actually, most of the important resources, when I talk about resourcefulness, are the ones that reside within you. If you're feeling resourceful, it's the confidence that you can make it happen. It's the energy. I'll tell you what, one of the biggest resources you can have is your energy. When this hit me to start with, I didn't have the energy to deal with. And it took me a day, three quarters of a day. And I spoke to Patrick and that was a tough conversation. It took me more energy to get through it. And resourcefulness is a state and an ability because you learn how to be resourceful. I know I've learned the skills of ring these people, ask for help, ask these questions, focus on the problem in this way. But it's also an energy, a confidence, an ability, a self-belief that you can make it happen. And finding a resourceful state when something goes wrong is what you need to do. You need to change your body language, change your position, change the way you move and find resourcefulness. A lack of resourcefulness lasts for half an hour after something happens. Sometimes a lack of resourcefulness can last months or even years if something happens. But you need to change that state, find the resources within you and bring them out. So there's the four lessons for all of us from this thing that has happened. What I did want to say to you is this is not a petition to get Brad and Jonathan to fund the show again. We have been blessed to have them as long as we've had them. This is a thank you to them. The Rebel Entrepreneur Show would not exist without Brad and Jonathan to choose FI. They are amazing. I will forever be grateful for the support, the energy, the opportunity they gave me to create this podcast. They are fantastic. So thank you, Brad and Jonathan of Choose FI. This is time to figure out what's the next season for this show, for me and for the Rebel Entrepreneur. And if you're listening to this, it's time for you to get off the benches 
start building your business, take it to the next level and drive to build the life you've always wanted. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.